0: hoax myth or legend we're searching for the truth this is the bigfoot king of the forest podcast to Bigfoot, King of the Forest, episode 14. We are coming to you from the... Uh,
1: middle of nowhere.
0: I was going to say beautiful state of Iowa, but yes, also the middle of nowhere. Um, Princeton, Iowa, to be somewhat specific. And I'm here with the Loquist triplets. You. <laughs> <Ew. laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not true. Let's go ahead and introduce yourselves.
2: Uh, Brett.
0: And you are? The
2: youngest. The youngest? Alright. Paxton.
1: The cool one.
0: Paxton's the oldest.
3: Chance. The middle child. You
1: really have that syndrome though.
0: That's that's great guys. They're talkative. So this is going to be a good one. And we're also joined by Paxton's boyfriend, Charlie. Oh, he's just watching. And he, well, he's here, so he's going to get mentioned. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs> Hi.
0: Hi. So, as always, we're going to start with the news. Feel free to react as you all see fit.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that knocking noise is chance. I thought this one might be one close to, near and dear to Charlie's heart. There is apparently a flying tarman sighting in Rockford
4: <laughs>
0: striking a similar report of the deer bat from the same year. You know what the deer bat is, Charlie? I have no idea. Never heard of the flying tarman. Nope. <laughs> I doubt it looks like this little black creature on my screen right now, but... No. <laughs> Lon Strickler of Phantom and Monsters recently received a report bearing a striking similarity to one taken by the Singular Fortean Society in August of 2017. The report received by Strickler describes an encounter with a large black flying creature on a county road outside of Rockford, Illinois in the summer of 2010. The same approximate time and location of the totally black big thing with big wings described to the Singular Fortean Society last year.
4: It sounds like how
0: we would I just it. thought about the flying humanoid sighting around Chicago. In fact, I'm going to get the book and see if there's anything related to what I encountered in the summer of 2010. This took place in northern Illinois, not far from Rockford. My friend and I were just riding around in my car. As the day continued, we decided to head out towards the county back roads. We were both 17, probably drunk, drunk or high. I added that part. And this was the summer before our senior year of high school. We had been riding around for several hours at night, and around 10 p.m., they heard a growl. No, they did not hear a growl. They were on a gravel road. I just read that. (coughs) We had been riding around for several hours at night, and around 10 p.m., we were on a gravel road, and I wasn't familiar with. It was a location that had lots of farmland all around, and a few houses here and there. Sounds like... The Midwest. We were talking while I'm speeding along the gravel road. You shouldn't be speeding on gravel
4: roads.
0: (laughs) There was no drinking or drugs involved. Oh, I guess I was wrong. The corner on both sides was high. When was this? Summer. Turns into
1: fan fiction. Oh, God.
0: Basically, they encountered this large black flying bat thing. What's up? Nothing. Nothing.
1: (laughs) He's cringing
0: at me. They encountered this large flying black thing. Um, they hit the gas pedal, took off. They said they drove for five minutes without saying a word. The whole time looking around them, hoping that thing wasn't chasing them.
1: Not saying a word, I'd be screaming.
4: Wow, it sounded really calm.
0: It probably were. It seems like they were really calm. So, be careful up in Rockford, Rockton. When y'all are driving around, there could be flying man-bat... Things. I know where there's country out there too. Car to, it's not country. I far would hope so.
1: you live out there. car so.
0: man. There's Tar. country everywhere. Yeah. Alright, and so apparently a man in England might have fallen victim to spontaneous human combustion recently.
1: Oh my god, that
0: is a thing. In a bizarre incident in London, you know, Sarah spoke about spontaneous human combustion. If you all listen to the podcast once in a while. Hey, I do I do. <laughs> I'm yes. <laughs> going to do this time. I go for a run, Dad. I promise. No comment. A bizarre incident in London saw an elderly man die after bursting into flames, and authorities are baffled by what could have been caused. Could have caused the blaze. The odd event actually occurred a few months ago, but made the headlines this week when police conceded that they are stumped by the case. It unfolded on a Saturday afternoon in September when witnesses called for help after spying the man named James and John Nolan on fire in a London street. So dude was just on fire in the street walking around like a Pink Floyd cover.
3: although like a normal <laughs> All
0: the rescue workers were able to Comes see the fire way. and transported Nolan to a nearby hospital. He subsequently died the following day due to the severity of his injuries.
1: That's sad. Poor guy.
0: They cannot figure out what's going on. This is from Coast to Coast. Y'all can check out the story. Um, oh, coast to coast. But apparently human... Spontaneous human combustion is a is a thing.
3: Was there
1: you had another thing they to do? Did he find
3: anything on his body or is he dead?
0: Um no he He's died. Dead. He died in the hospital the next day.
3: Did they find like traces of like gasoline or
0: He said that since that time police have tried to determine how and why Nolan became engulfed in flames while simply walking down the street. No one has been able to come up with answers.
4: What the heck?
0: None of the witnesses of the incident saw anyone near Nolan when he suddenly caught fire. An ex- examination of his clothing showed no evidence of any accelerant, which would have caused than the cause of the fire starting and spreading so quickly. As such, police are left scratching their heads and hoping that some previously unheard witness will come forward with the account and try to figure out what happened. But yeah, they have no idea how this dude just caught on fire walking down That's the street. That's so weird. Maybe he set fire. He was just walking.
2: <laughs>
0: he could have set fire to himself.
2: Well,
3: you know, you know there are clothing that you can wear that like can catch fire.
0: Yeah, it's like most children's clothing in the eighties. For
3: real?
0: Yeah, they were all made of polyester. Oh.
3: Nylon. Nylon catch fire.
0: Yeah, and like
3: the things would catch fire
0: him. and there's like a lot of like children catching fire in like the eighties. You, the eighties were a the eighties were a dangerous time.
4: Are you serious?
1: It sounds like legit. We, people,
0: people were not intelligent in the eighties. They were like, smoke all the cigarettes, wrap your kids in nylon. Just have a good time man. and put candles on the Christmas tree.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that was a, thing. was
0: a thing. well they used to light Christmas trees like that's back then. That's true. In the day. That is true. Like my, this is before I was born, but my grandparents used to put actual candles mm-hmm. on the Christmas tree and light it, real Christmas tree. And you would light the candles and then you know put them out at night. So and, that's why
1: there were so many fires back then. Oh yeah,
0: and one one year the Christmas tree caught on fire and they were able to put it out they had a lot of smoke damage and stuff like that yeah <laughs> hardcore like no one ever once went man this is a bad idea <laughs> this is not good they were just like light the Christmas tree <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, they couldn't. Lo- er, but they hated the fact that there was like rock music. Like they're like,
0: <laughs> Devil's music. The Start devil's- the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's celebrate our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs>
3: it's a fifty-fifty chance our house will burn down tonight. That would
4: be terrible. God
0: will protect you. God will. <laughs> so, that's really all I had for news this week. I know we got a lot that we're going to talk about today, so we'll make that short and sweet. Let's go ahead and get started. With Iowa weirdness, we are in the Hawkeye state, the corn state, the corn fed. The best state. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do love Iowa. (laughs) We talk talk about all the time. Um, Iowa is actually an awesome place. Um, Who wants to start? I can start, and then we can go around a little bit and come back. I've got quite a few things. So, Iowa's actually known for a lot of weird things. A lot of people wouldn't realize that because it's considered a flyover state. It's apparently a flyover state for dragons as well. Oh,
4: wow.
0: A number of Burlington, Iowa residents have reported seeing several Iowa dragons flying. What's it? Nothing. This isn't your thing, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> a number of Burlington, Iowa residents have reported seeing several Iowa dragons flying over their city in recent years. Two witnesses described it. As a brown skinned with a long snake-like body and 15-foot bat-like wings. Its head was shaped like a seahorse and it had skinny tail flown behind it. They watched the dragon slither through the air until it flew high up in the night sky. Someone named Zeus, not joking, Z-E-U-Z, mentioned this in a comment section. I live in Iowa too, in Grand Mound. Hey, that's right around the corner from us. We see dragons all the time. They normally come at harvest time when the moon is really big and red. They often take cows from my neighbor's pasture. I myself have spotted these dragons six different times. Once in a group of three.
4: What? So is
0: that three is that two separate times with six total? or is yeah,
4: that? Let's
0: not do math. <laughs> okay. Once I saw a large blue one with four wings. Otherwise, they look like one the one you described. Other sightings.
1: I like how they know that how, like, they're like, we saw it briefly, but it was 15 feet in size.
0: I like how this one witness named Simply Megan claimed that in 2005 she and her husband witnessed a flying dragon while driving down the streets of Burlington in the middle of the night, describing a 10 foot long snake like creature with bat like wings and the head similar to a (laughs) seahorse. Then this one kind of goes back to Zeus again. I'm just really, really intrigued. That we have people in Iowa named Zeus, <laughs>
4: that's not a dog, and only Megan,
0: simply Megan. Like there's no Zeus. last name. It's like Madonna or Share.
4: <laughs>
0: She's like they just call me Megan. <laughs>
2: simply Megan. It's that's Megan. it. Simply
0: or maybe her name is actually simply Megan. It's like simply Megan.
2: Means someone in oh, yeah. Iowa or named their kids simply, or her
0: last name might be simply, and they just, just screwed up, and there should be a comma there. It's Megan like simply, simply. Megan.
2: Yeah. I didn't. Okay.
0: So, dragons in Iowa. I think I just broke bread. Um, yeah, so that just kind of goes through that, again, with the Grand Mound stuff. But I have never seen a dragon yeah. in all the years I actually lived up here. Um, never, you know, never, we have no one ever said it. I've never so.
3: seen a dragon. How easy is it to see something at night when it's in the sky? When it's
0: fairly easy if it's like no
1: if it's blue with four wings I'd be like hey
0: (laughs) listen they drink a lot of bush light
4: yeah up here a lot of meth
0: there's a lot there is some meth up in the area (laughs) (laughs) and who's to know if they actually saw a dragon or maybe they're riding the dragon (laughs) (laughs) But something, something's going on in Iowa, and there's snakes with wings in the sky, and y'all better watch out at night. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: why we bring our animals in at night.
0: <laughs> yeah. Y'all did have, like, a wolf or something in the area, though. Yeah,
1: a mountain yeah.
0: lion? No, I what a mountain I lion's. I thought it was a Mountain lions, the, the paw print wasn't right, because a, a mountain lion, would they retract their claws like a mm-hmm. cat. So a mountain lion print doesn't have claws on it. Right. That one oh. had the three claws on it, so it's probably a wolf.
1: That's what the what's well, a big said. wolf?
3: I thought you guys no. No. One yeah. day Daisy's not have you gonna not come seen home. Wolves <laughs> are huge. Seriously.
0: <laughs> We're gonna delete that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did not talk about that movie.
2: <laughs> what's well, wrong with Twilight? It's
0: it's like meant for seventeen like year olds. The
2: vampires sparkle. You, uh-huh. Do you
0: wanna know how many times my I mom would to too. see a new movie? <laughs> your
2: mom.
0: <laughs> I know one of us brought info about another flying thing. Who was that? That was me. Let's get started. Let's get you over that.
3: Okay, I did the um. I forgot the name of it. Van Meter monster. The Van Meter visitor. That's oh, right.
0: Um, so the, <laughs> Van Van vis, the Van Meter the Van Meter visitor me is actually now. a very popular um. Very popular cryptid. So people listening will actually probably know what you're talking about.
3: Cool. Um, I never heard about it before. But, um, I don't know really, I don't really don't know where to start. Start with what it is. Well, I guess it's like, uh, it's, it flies. It flies, <laughs> <laughs> it flies and it's, it's supposed to be, it's like a black, dull gray color and it's humanoid with wings. Wow. It's also supposed to have like a beak and like a blunt horn at like, Shines like a like an extremely bright light. So freaking unicorn! <laughs> it's a
0: unicorn. It might be a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Didn't you have a story to read?
3: I do have a story. Um. um yeah. Okay. Um, this is from the website state dot blogspot dot Okay. I don't want to steal from anybody. Um. In early morning of September 29th, nineteen oh three. Ug Griffith was returning to his home in Van Meter, Iowa, when he spotted a bright light, like an incandescent torch, on a nearby rooftop. He assumed at first that a burglary was in progress, but the idea changed when the light jumped on the roof and sailed to another building across the empty dirt road. Griffith found that the phenomenon odd. He found the he found the phenomenon odd, but didn't think much else of it. This innocuous event, however, was the beginning of a week of hauntings in the small town by a figure that has come to be known as the Band Major Visitor. Um, and people say that like shooting at the creature was was the um, typical response. Which you know makes sense for Iowa.
0: Yeah, back in nineteen oh three. Like
3: when it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. Um, and it always appears at night. Which, you know, doesn't really it's not really different from every other account that you usually get. Um, it, oh, um several members like very like top tier members of the community like were the ones who were like were originally speaking about this creature that came out at night you know was just like messing with people
4: mm-hmm.
3: but people also said that it wasn't really it wasn't aggressive it was more like you know um, curious and there was also an account um, I forgot what website what website I heard this from but it was like this dude saw it and like he was going to shoot it but then he saw he, he shot at it and as it was like going away it like used its beak like a like a cockatiel or a parrot like as they go from the perch down to like the cage they use their beak to help them move and then it flew off
0: so some people think it's like a uh, like a pterodactyl a thunderbird or a thunderbird. A thunderbird Thunderbirds are just giant birds
3: which are usually found like, in the western states
0: they actually they, they have a lot of them in Illinois Like Illinois, Wisconsin, and stuff like that. Could
3: have actually been
0: a Thunderbird. Um, Some people think it might have been like a Thunderbird, but um, it was kind of like not scaly, but like smooth skin, like gray-black kind of color. Um, They actually have a Van Meter Monster Festival every year over in Van Meter, Iowa. You can go to it. Um, But like one of the stories is like it was like a bank teller. And he was working in the bank one night. This is like back in 1903, and he was working late, as you do in a bank for some reason. Money. Money and uh, <laughs> and he looked out the window, and it was standing outside, like right outside the window. And so he actually shot through the window, I believe. Maybe I think he, I think he shot through the window. And I, this might have been the first sighting.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it basically flew up onto, like, a light pole. They didn't really have light pole back in 1903, but, you know, some mm-hmm. tr- some some kind of, like, pole or something like that. And then... The,
3: the, the, the,
0: the electricity back then, didn't they? Power pole? Like one of the, could have been it was a, like fire. Yeah. But 1903 would have maybe been electricity, but more... They also would have had, like, just, like, gas lamps and stuff yeah. like that.
3: I, mean, I assume it's probably like along the main stretch, which I assume was like the place. Yeah, it was about, like main, like right in the middle of town. Which I assume it's like they did have a that be like the place where they would have
0: Yeah. So it's like, this thing
1: So it's been talked about for a long time yeah, now. It
0: scared a lot of people. They haven't actually seen it since like nineteen oh four or nineteen oh five, when it, they they figured there were two or three of them, and they disappeared some like down some cave or something like that.
3: Um what are we all hanging so out? So people was... don't really know what it was. Yeah. So that's why it's like people think it's like the Mothman or they, like saw it as a Thunderbird um, but some people like some people thought it was just like mass hysteria with like who people embellished it which you know that's what I'm kind of leaning towards I really don't believe in this square free um, unless there's werewolves I wouldn't mind being bit by a werewolf that's that cool Twilight told you not
0: Twilight <laughs> so really cool yeah the van meter monster it's, uh, it's actually one of the most popular I guess cryptids out there. It's not like Bigfoot or nothing like that, but people know about it.
3: Um, some people also believe it that's like a, it's not from this planet. It, they, believe like a, well, they believe it's like an ultra, ultra terrestrial creature. It's just from the same website. Um, uh, hold on. Okay, yeah. So, the Volta Supernatural Explanations of the Visitors. This is by my, from, like, my favorite, which is from the website. I, particular, I particularly like Nelson's suggestion that the winged glowing creature people saw may have been the, close, been the cl- closest their minds could have come to comprehend the being's true hyperdimensional form. So, like, like the wings weren't actually wings and, like, its beak wasn't actually a beak.
4: Hmm.
3: It just were too primitive to understand what it actually was. Um... That's pretty much
0: all I have. Okay. No, that, that meter monster is a uh, very, very interesting cryptid.
3: What 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 makes me like what confuses me the most like the, the bright light on its horn.
0: Yeah, that's always a weird one. Almost like they like they call it bioluminescence. Um,
3: bio mm-hmm. But um, you, know, you don't really hear about it being on bones compared yeah. to like. So that's why that's why like if this if it does exist I would lean more towards it being like an ultra dimensional I mean, because that then that you know why explains like it has like a bright light. Unless it's not a
0: horn at all. Yeah, the Van Meter Monster Festival is. got its own Facebook page. And it is the. It's been from the website Travel Iowa, September 29th. So it's like one day in late September. And they have stuff like Techniques of a Legend Hunter, How to Discover, The Hidden Legends and Lore, um, Weird Tales, 30 Years of Paranormal Adventures they have a bunch of speakers and stuff like that and they have um, they actually do 6.30 at night they did a Five Nights of Terror so it only it was a course of like five days this happened and then it was just gone. That's crazy. So, but it's just kind of stuck and like the town's super popular for it so it's pretty cool.
2: It looks like there's a book on it too. There is? Yep. What's the name of the book? Uh, the Van Meter Visitor. Bye. Bye. The Van Meter <laughs> There, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lewis Voss Nelson.
0: So y'all can pick up the Van Meter Visitor by Lewis Voss Nelson. What's one of these like long names with
2: Vaughn or Van Winkle? I don't know
4: Van Winkle.
2: Yeah, there's a guy at my a teacher at my school. His last name is Mr. Van Winkle.
0: So there is another. I know. I know y'all brought some too, but there is another cryptid that I found from Iowa. It is the monster turtle of Big Blue Lake, mm-hmm. Big Blue Pond. So near Mason City It's a 34 deep lake, 34 foot deep lake in an old rock quarry. It lurks an enormous snapping turtle. Over the years, people fishing in Big Blue Pond In Clear Lake State Park claim to have seen this monster with a shell the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Reports of enormous <sighs> jaws that have threatened swimmers have swimmers have appeared from time to time, but officially the beast doesn't exist. Clear Lake State Park officials say there's no evidence to show the snapping turtle, greater than normal lo- size, lives in the pond, but locals claim otherwise. So this thing they actually call it Big Blue, after the pond itself, and it's supposed to be just this huge snapping turtle. Imagine like, coming across that.
1: Yeah, no, for real. But I mean, like, honestly, that one's a little less surprising, just because, like, even like on the farm, like, there's you know people come and visit and they like go hunting for these big snapping turtles. So, like, what if it's just, like, a huge-ass snapping
0: turtle? It very well could be, like, I would not, to me, the idea of, like, a snapping turtle with... There's sea turtles that are that big.
3: Right? That would be so cool to like um, right on the back so, like, a, turtle, like a turtle, Maybe not that yeah. big, but... It's a sea turtle or a snapping turtle? I I'm I'm sea turtle, not a snapping like a, 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 a turtle oh, up a yeah. no predators just, who's not in, in turtles, Right, and know, snapping
0: turtles live, like, I mean, turtles. turtles live like a hundred years. Yeah. So the idea of one just growing to some enormous size is not unreasonable to me. Oh
4: yeah.
0: It may not be a, the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Right. Oh, yeah. It might be five feet across or something right. like that. That is a big yeah, damn see. turtle. Right.
1: Plus they're like the ugly cousin of like a sea turtle. They're
0: just yeah. Like, they're not cute. <laughs> they're not cute.
1: Mm-hmm. They're just. Like...
3: They're ferocious.
0: Like if you ever look at the new. Uh, Godzilla movies? Mm-hmm. No. I'm pretty sure they took his face from a snapping turtle.
1: Yeah, it kind of looks like it. And it's so. yeah, yeah. terrifying. It's disgusting. <laughs> I would not want to. <laughs> you going to go, Paco? Um, sure. So, well, why does Brett go? Because mine's
2: kind of a short. one. You can go,
0: babe. Brett's going to talk about...
2: The Lockridge Monster. The
0: Lockridge Monster.
2: In southeastern Iowa, in the small town of Lockridge, less than 300 people reside there um, as of the 200 census. In such a small town... Oh, yeah, sorry. I don't think anybody uh, lived
0: there in 200.
2: <laughs> in such a small town, you can be sure that a monster will get quickly noticed, and that's just what happened in the fall of 1975. Mr. and Mrs. Herb... Pfeiffer had had an experience um, that they can't forget. They called it the Lockridge Monster. It appeared in the Pfeiffer's um, turkey farm uh, October of 1975. The monster was a bushy-haired, bipedal uh, creature that some witnesses said had the face of an ape. It was said to be a height of Five feet when standing on its two legs.
3: The Lockridge,
2: five feet? I know. The Lockridge monster terrorized the small community. It would kill and mutilate raccoons, pigs, cows, rabbits, chickens, and turkeys. Raccoons are one thing, um, but when your livestock that you depend on for survival starts to be killed nightly, then you can be sure that the residents of the town were ready to take up arms. Uh... Most people just chalk this up uh, as being a smaller variant of Bigfoot, but normal Bigfoot tracks are twice the size of the tracks from the reports of the Lockridge Monster. Also, Bigfoot um, do not slaughter animals for pleasure. The Lockridge Monster is something different than the normal Bigfoot. It disappeared as quickly as it was seen that fall of 1975. Um, The Pifers still get calls and interview requests. Uh even to this day from all over the globe. The Lockridge monster may have left the town, but it's become ingrained into the minds and memories of the locals and all of those that have heard of it.
0: Very interesting.
2: That
0: was interesting. Now, I imagine this is just some dude with, like, hypotrichosis. Yeah, like a,
3: some short, hairy dude.
0: It's just some, like, not only is he, like, covered in hair.
2: He's a psychopath.
0: But he's also tiny.
2: I know. Well, <laughs> He's as
1: tall as I am, so I'm like, "He's sitting like, here like I'm not he's scared. like,
0: he's like a five foot hairy, like, hermunculus,
2: <laughs>
0: just running around, and like, all he wants is some food."
2: Yeah, but he like, I don't think he's eating them. Like, I don't think he was he's e- like,
1: he was eating the animals he
0: wasn't
2: eating, like, people. I guess, them? but the only He's doing any...
1: them a favor. He probably, like, picked out the, like, mean ones, and he's like, you know what, I hate oh, I
0: you. I thought you were going to say the weakest. So person. I actually, I I like, actually pulled cool. up a Bigfoot map um, where, like, they're located, mm-hmm. and there's actually quite a few sightings down over there and like, Council Bluffs on the other side of the state. There's some down in, like, Keokuk in Burlington, and there's, like, some near Dubuque, where we actually saw, when I was driving for Krispy Kreme... Me and the dude I was driving with that night oh, yeah. Saw something run across the road Right And it was big And I still say it was like Probably a bear Or something like that right. But This is a So you go you go Up to Dubuque And then you North have Pier to or? North Pier, yeah okay, so And then you have to come down like We used to have to drive down Like through the back roads Right And stop off at all these little places And deliver Krispy Kreme donuts And, and I was training job. at the time So I was riding with this guy To learn the route
4: mm-hmm.
0: And he was actually just like Native American dude and he believed in all this stuff.
3: Right.
0: And we were riding in a dark road. Mm-hmm. And I think I was driving. He was in the passenger seat. And sure enough, man, something just like jumped across like it wasn't a very wide road. It was like, you know, an old country. Not country road, but not like it was paved. Oh. But like something went from like right side of the road to left side of the road, like went across the road. Mm. And he was like, dude, that was a big foot. <laughs> Or he said Sasquatch. And I was like, okay, buddy.
4: I roll. <laughs>
0: Side I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was like a deer or like a bear. It was up the road. We couldn't really see, but he's like, no, man. That was like on two legs. It was standing up. To this day, bears can walk. Yeah. yeah,
1: bears can walk on two legs.
0: They bipedal that stuff. But bears are obviously walking on. You, you can tell a bear when it's walking on two legs. Sure. Yeah. They're not like. They looked like a Humpty Dumpty kind of like. Uh, What's that?
1: It ran across. It
0: ran. It was quick, so it was like split second. Person.
1: Maybe it wouldn't have been a bear. It it
0: might have. It it might might have been a sasquatch. I
1: was watching that little the the video with like the little bear that was like walking in the town. Like
0: it's totally a wooded area. (laughs) It was like you know, could have been Jason Voorhees too. Oh
2: oh Oh, dear lord.
0: Um. But with the Lockridge Monster, I actually found these are unknown Bigfoot howls recorded in that area of the road. so these the findings were submitted to Thomas Markham founder of the Paranormal Research Organization claiming 20 years of experience has said that Corey and Ty have been getting a lot of activity recently said Markham what exactly made the scream is yet to be known but they are interesting so these took these came out of Iowa
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, I'm trying to figure out where it's at exactly Sasquatch investigators Corey and Ty last Monday shared a series of houses suspected to be an unproven primate did not spe- specify the exact location, so they they don't know where that. But it's it's interesting. It's, it's about ten seconds long. Okay. Cool.
4: Yeah. It sounds like a wolf. It it sounds, sounds like a
1: wolf. Maybe. I just heard that sound though Like a few days ago Yeah Yeah Like I literally like, It
0: could be a wolf Like I'm I'm trying to It's kind of like grainy Like yeah, 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 yeah. statically But like it's de- They de- they heard something Yeah And it was like Right
1: Most definitely Like
0: a, a wolf's almost more of like a oh, That's true That's what I heard No, so, no I I, hear it again? Yeah let's yeah. hear it one more time yeah. I didn't hear that But it is something similar to what I heard
1: A few
4: days
1: ago a little
0: different than a like, howl. And it was pretty staticky, so if y'all couldn't actually hear that on the podcast, um, I'll post a link to this video on there. But it's interesting. It's, uh... To me, it sounds like it's probably a wolf or something. But, you know, that's actually... Because we haven't... Wolves were almost unexist, non-existent in this state for a very long time. So it's, it's really kind of cool that they're kind of making a comeback. Right. Like in y'all's... Where, where, where was that actually, That, that the track?
1: Um, over by, by Windmill Road.
4: Right
0: between the two fields. Yeah. By Windmill Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and y'all tracked it for a while, didn't you? Like yeah. Chuck did.
1: His friend. Chuck did. He said that he saw... There was that really prominent um, one. And then they had we had some um, some hunters down there. And they said, or Fisher's one of the two, and they, um, he ran
3: that
1: yeah, and, um, they said they saw some big tracks too. We didn't get a picture of it, or we didn't see it personally, but I think Mama checked it. And they also called, like, the ranger guy that came through and he, um, he checked it out and he said that it was probably a wolf or just a cat of some sort.
0: So, yeah, Bigfoot in Iowa. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Maybe. Um, the one that always kind of interested me was, like, Wopsy Willie.
1: Oh God, yeah. There's not much information.
0: There's so little information about Wopsy Willie, so kind of let's go around and tell the story that you think that you heard from Wopsy Willie. Well,
1: Wopsy Willie,
0: I mean, it's like. Now we're gonna be very clear. The kids actually live on on the the Wopsy. Yeah. The Wopsy is about half a mile
1: from us. Yeah. Behind
0: the house, and it's their, It's you know, it's Chuck, their uh, their stepfather's land. So. If Wopsie Willie exists, he may be listening to this podcast.
1: Oh, my God. Wopsie, hello.
0: So, yeah, what, what's the story you've heard about Wopsy Willie? Well,
1: there's two. So, like, I heard one where it was, um, I, I mean, it's just, like, a guy on the Wopsy who, like, kills people, so kind of, like, a Jason Voorhees of it. Um, but then I also heard one that doesn't really make much sense, but it was, like, a guy dressed up as a clown, and he also killed kids, but he would, like, sexually assault it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like there's like I mean people have their own little stories and stuff that they say that they come up with. Um, but it's not it's probably one of the least talked about. I mean people, you know, when you go camping um, at the parks here and stuff, you know, you'll have people when you were younger like talk about it. But it wasn't every time I try to look something up on it. it yeah,
0: I couldn't I couldn't find
1: that or a restaurant
0: very much. Um, so we always the story when I was young was always like Wopsy Willie. I heard the clown one. He was like an escaped yeah, not like escaped, um, escaped mental patient that, right. cl- that dressed up like a clown. But the one that I heard was he was actually an old farmer that used to own okay. land and the, the state came in and took his land away from him and his wife and child died and so he basically committed suicide and his ghost haunted the, the Wopsy and would kill anybody that, or try to kill anybody that came onto his land. Hmm. So that's, that's always the one I heard. I was surprised at how little information is actually on the internet yeah. about Wapsie Willie.
1: Which maybe that means it's real.
0: <laughs> so I did say there was not really a whole lot of Bigfoot in this area.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: However, in Clinton County outside of Follett's, Iowa, October 2006, this is a farming community and the main staple is corn and other grain products. There are quite a few fruit-bearing trees near the river, many apples and pear trees. My encounter occurred on October 22nd, 2006 along the wapsie Pentagon River, just outside of Follett's, Iowa. Follett's, Iowa is located in the south of Comanche, Iowa on Highway 67. If you continue to travel south on that road, south of Falls, approximately one to one-and-a-half miles the road crosses over the wapsie Pentagon River. So actually closer to your house than what he's talking about. Than Falls itself. People in this area commonly refer to it as the Wapsie. Immediately after you cross over the bridge, you can access the shoreline along the river on both sides of the bridge. I know exactly where that's at. I experienced the sighting for about about two miles from the bridge on the right-hand side of the road. I frequently fish the river in and around about the same location several times a year, but mainly in the fall season as catfish tend to be more active and we can catch quite a few of them during the nighttime hours. Due to lower temperatures during this time of year, we light a fire near the shoreline to keep warm and help us see the fishing poles. That day, we traveled from my home in Comanche down to the Wapsie and parked the truck along the road on the gravel siding. We arrived about a half hour prior to sunset so we could get our fishing spots while we still had some light to see. We had flashlights, but only intended using them when we left that spot later in the, in the evening. We unloaded all the fishing gear and traveled along the river to our fishing spot. We immediately grabbed some firewood and started a fire. The temperature was cold and about 35 degrees and the warmth of the fire was quite soothing. We set a few shorelines hoping to catch some catfish that would probably be trolling near the shore after after dark gathering food. We then cast our poles and attached bells to the end of the rods to alert us in case we get a bite. We settled near the fire to talk about fishing and camping. It's not abnormal to hear wandering animals wandering about along the shoreline or on the tree line, such as raccoons, beavers, possums, and other small species of mammals found in an abundant food source along the river. However, the noise I heard across the river was not normal. It sounded like a larger animal or perhaps another person looking for a good fishing spot. It seems that the other two people in there that were with me did not hear the noise as clearly as I had. When I asked them if they had heard the same noise, they said they didn't. Standing near the fire probably obscured my night vision, so I moved away from the fire to see if I could identify what was making the noise. The moon was out, and there were a lot of clouds in the sky. There were, but there were a lot of clouds in the sky that allowed one to see shapes, but not clear images of objects farther than ten feet away. The river at this location is about a hundred feet across. I looked across the river at the location where I thought I had heard a noise and noticed a figure that was really huge, although it was difficult to tell exactly how large that figure was. I eventually had exceeded seven feet in height and this probably weighed well over 300 pounds. I'm not sure if the creature saw me, but it continued to move around the same area as if it were foraging for food. I would say I'm probably more intrigued than scared, and I had to tell the other two guys that were with me. They were still by the fire, near the fire, so I went back over to where they were standing and told them what I saw and grabbed a flashlight. We walked back to where I was standing. I described what I saw and left the flashlight off. I told them I wanted to surprise it and then get a glimpse of it at the same time. I turned the flashlight on and pointed it towards the area where we had seen the figure. The light hit the figure, and I saw what appeared to be a very hairy creature. As soon as the light flashed on it, it disappeared into the woods. Both my brother and friends said that someone was playing a trick on us. I told them that I thought it was Bigfoot. They both walked back to the fire and dismissed the sight, and I continued to scan the area of the flashlight, hoping to see the creature again, but it never appeared. I don't know exactly what time it was, but it was well past sunset. We remained there until about 2 a.m. the next morning. During the entire time, I never heard of any unusual noises, such as animals prowling about. I considered going back to the day, next day, to see if I could find any tracks on the other side of the river, but it's pretty inaccessible unless you travel by boat. I tried to describe this as well as I could. If you have any questions, please let me know. Um, that'd be a powerful-ass flashlight to see across a 100-foot Woffsy River. Yeah. No matter what time of night it was and how light the, lit up the moon was. So, t- for him to be able to see it clearly with a flashlight, a little sketchy. But it's an interesting story to left, and that's pretty close. You don't get much closer to here than that. Right. What is that? There's a noise coming from the vent.
1: Okay, so, um, on to go back to Wapsie Willie, mm-hmm. um, this is like a newsletter of the Iowa Lincoln Highway Associ- Association. Okay. Um, and this is probably, like, one of the only things I actually found. Um, President's Corner by Kathleen Nichols. She's the president of the Iowa Illinois, or Iowa Lincoln Highway Association. Uh, and it says, in the spirit of Halloween, here's the legend of Wapsie Willie. In the mid-1800s, many people came west to find a new life, land, and fortune. Willie and his family came from the east to Iowa and brought a parcel of land along the Wapsie... Inicon?
0: Wapsie-Pinnacon. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's the actual name of the river.
1: Oh, really? I did not know that. (laughs) Um, In Clinton County, where... Oh, that's, like, right next to us. Where the Lincoln Highway would be laid out in the future. The land was green, lush, and wooded, and there was plenty of water beside the river. It seemed like the perfect place to homestead. He and his wife erected a small cabin beside the Wapsie. The children played in the water, but also helped their parents work the farmland. There were lots of birds and animals, and the family never went hungry. All was well until one night when there was a terrible storm. Willie, who had been in the woods hunting deer, was caught in a torrential rain and wind. He headed for home amidst hail, thunder, lightning, and the heaviest rain he'd ever seen. It took him several hours to work his way back to the cabin on the river bank. In the meantime, the river had risen past flood uh, stage. When Willie arrived home, everything was gone. Cabin, family, horses, and wagon. The river was a torrent far out of its banks, and he couldn't see nothing recognizable. With his lantern, he searched up and down the river. Is this what you just read? Okay. There's, like, more lantern stuff, so I was just like, "Ah." ugh. Was a torrent far out of its banks, and he could see nothing recognizable. With his lantern, he searched up and down the river, looking for his family, but he never found any trace of them. For the rest of his life, Willie walked up and down the river, asking people if they'd seen his family. He never stopped searching, and finally died of exhaustion. (laughs) But even after his death, saw uh, they saw his lantern bobbing up and down the riverbanks at dusk and heard him calling for his lost loved ones. You can still see his light in the woods sometimes today as he continues to search along the wopsie for his wife and children, and if you're quiet, you may hear him calling. Um, yeah, so that's the one pretty, I mean, I guess legit thing. Um,
0: yeah. It's amazing for a story that's been that that is that well known in this area that there's not that much about it.
1: Right, that's true.
0: There's a restaurant in Long Grove, Iowa called Wapsie Willies. Unfortunately, it got flooded out this year with the floods and it's so like the third time. So we were not able to go to it. We were gonna to go to go to it yesterday and have dinner, but it did not happen. Um Alright, Peggy, why don't you go in with yours?
1: Okay. So um this is the hairy wild woman um, of Gordon's Ferry. Um, Hunters had spotted a wild woman of the female sex in the forest near Gordon's Ferry, Iowa, 12 miles north of Dubuque. So, about an hour and a half from us. On uh, July 17, 1884, according to the Dubuque Herald, when hunters spotted the woman, she stood like a statue in a clear space. Her disheveled hair was about three feet long and black as jet the men had crept up behind her and when she realized that they were um they were there she emitted an unearthly scream and ran through the woods at tremendous speed she looked to be about 20 years old the wild woman was nude but she had hair of okay um and ran through the woods at tremendous speed she looked to be about 20 years old i think i said that before um the wild woman was nude the most
0: the, the, they're repeating it yeah the, uh, they just want you to know that she, she was, was 20, years 20 years old and, and nude. nude
1: the most hysteria attribute was her receding forehead
0: oh okay um, so like like a an ape yeah like it was kind of this slope like a, like a gorilla or right
1: something. Uh, the men searched for the woods for hours but never saw her again the only reason they searched was because she was a woman if it was a man they would have ran away Um, She has 20
0: and
4: nude.
1: 20 and nude, that's what. But um, there's another one where it says pretty much all the same things, except for paranormal researchers considered it a a potential sighting of a Bigfoot like creature, while historians point towards the wild woman's identity being that of a runaway farmer's daughter from Illinois. So.
0: So it's either a Bigfoot or a runaway farmer's daughter from Illinois. (laughs) We got got
4: got real hairy really quick.
0: (laughs) Female Bigfoot. Farmer's Daughter from Illinois. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> and when you do look it up, make sure to put Gordon's Fairy in there. Otherwise, you get some uh, mature... Yeah. <laughs>
0: mature. I actually found a couple other Stuff. Bigfoot sightings. Well,
3: oh, yeah. Well, like, you know, she, she, they said she, like, turned like, a, a, turn a screen kind of like a banshee, right? Uh, that, that kind of stuck out to me. I don't really know why.
0: Like, so you think she might, like, a warning or
3: something like that? Yeah, guess, but it's like it reminds me of like, like the banshee, like the ghost banshee. You
0: know? Yeah, very well it could be something like that. Like people just don't know what it is yet. I don't know.
2: Call Sam and Dean.
0: So, and yeah, he, boy. Oh, Sam and Dean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they can oh, literally man. beat anything.
3: Yeah,
0: they're real. Except Jason Voorhees. Exactly. Actually, he, did, he, they, he they did beat him in that movie though.
2: Yeah, but he, like...
0: He got knocked out in the girl beat, Jason.
2: Yeah. 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 See?
0: She's talking about the new Friday 13th. The, thir- the new-ist Friday the 13th has the uh, Sam from oh, really? Supernatural as the main character. I didn't know that. Jo- Jordan Pellicke? Jason Pellicke? Was his last name? I don't... I don't know. Anyway... In the summer of 2010, there was a Bigfoot site in Keokuk, Iowa. According to eyewitness reports from the BFRO, the witness stated it was June 16, 2010, and I was sitting in my home with a friend, and we heard the dogs barking loudly. I looked out the window and saw my dogs hurriedly running west up my gravel driveway. I saw a large dark figure running up my driveway. What I saw when I looked was a shadow darker than the shadow of a tree. It was taller than a human being, but I couldn't tell the exact size. The next day, a friend and I were walking on my farm and found a strange footprint. The BFRO representative said that he thought the witness was very reliable. because That's what they do. Another interesting aspect of the case is an area site that's called Monkey's Den. I want to find out what Monkey's Den is. <laughs> the next case takes, takes us to Lee County, Iowa. As the story goes, the man was out turkey hunting one morning between the months of June and October. It's quite a stretch. Yeah. As he was lying still, waiting for prey, a tall figure came out of the early morning fog. At first, he thought it was another hunter dressed in what he called a ghillie suit—a hunting outfit covered with strips of cloth to break up the hunter's outline. So basically, what that thing was on the ground last night that grabbed you at the Carter Farms haunted thing—that guy was in a ghillie suit.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. And
0: that's why you—and that's why you did not see him until the last minute. Yeah,
1: that's not. That was really funny. good. It was not
0: like uh, Those snipers boys. in the military yeah. wear ghillie suits. Suddenly he realized this was no man. It was, it was, if it was a large man-like creature. The eyes locked, and they both stood motionless for several tense moments. The hunter, fearing for his life, raised and unlocked his weapon. The creature jumped towards him, but also at the same time he turned and walked away, never taking his eyes off the hunter. So the creature jumped towards him, but then yeah. turned away. Okay, <laughs> and then he faded into the dense, thick woods without a whisper, taking. The cue from the hunter grabbed his belongings and quickly left the area, vowing never to return. As of this date, he claims he never has. And then the last one is in Jefferson County, Iowa. There's a quaint little bird named... That's Lockridge. We're not going to read that one because that's the Lockridge monster. And you already read that. So... Quite a few. I was actually surprised at the number of Bigfoot sightings...
1: (laughs) Just near us?
0: ...from Iowa, and especially the one up the road. Because, like like I said, like, there's never... No one's really claimed any Bigfoot sightings for the most part in this area. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I don't think Bigfoot's, like, a really big thing around here. Like, I mean, of course people know what Bigfoot is,
0: and... But they don't really talk about it that much. Yeah, it's not like a... So, outside of cryptids and stuff like that, there's also quite a few hauntings and scary, weird places. Some of the ones I found is Terra Bridge. What is it? So Terra Bridge, or they call it Terror Bridge, Ooh. has a history that dates back to the 1800s. At one time, the bridge was not far from the town of Terra, so Terra, Iowa. The bridge was built to allow traffic of all varieties to cross over railroad tracks. There are multiple stories associated with the bridge. Some story of frustrated farmer's ghost haunts the area. It is believed he died after cursing the winds. <laughs> Other stories claim that someone or something lives beneath the bridge. The scariest and most heartbreaking of these stories associated with the bridge involves a woman and her three children. Oh, God. According to the legend, the woman took her kids to the bridge to see the train. Sadly, she threw the kids onto the tracks one at a time and they were killed by the train. The mother then committed suicide by jumping off the bridge. Claims have been made that if you drive on the bridge and do not stop and make sure while your doors are locked and your windows are locked and closed. Your doors are locked and the windows are closed. If you cross the bridge, let like people say. If you don't abide by the warning, the ghost of the mother will throw you to your death.
4: That's Goodbye. a strong ghost.
0: So y'all know what Clear Lake, Iowa... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what that's known for, right?
4: Mm-mm.
0: It was the death site of... Buddy Holly, Ritchie Valens, and the Big Bopper—they were killed in 1959 in a brain plane crash that oh, yeah, yeah, crashed yeah. in the field.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: So since then, Lewis said mysterious figures have been spotted along the secluded road, and some people say their music—they can hear the music in the distance. But I
1: thought the music had died that
0: day. I was making—I was wondering if any of you knew that that's what that song was about. <laughs> so the song "American Pie" is actually about that crash. What the heck? <laughs> So we're going to come back to that one.
1: That's pretty the, cool, though.
0: In Lynn County community, the Lynn County community of Palo is home to the Pleasant Ridge Cemetery, which is not only reportedly haunted by a phantom dog, but also has a step. What? On a set of stairs leading to the cemetery gate, the step only appears at night. It's very strange because during the daytime, only 12 steps are visible. But at night you, <laughs> it's okay. But at night you can see thirteen steps. Sorry about that. The uh, kind of crapped out on us for a second. So finally, y'all heard of the Black Angel of Fairview Cemetery.
4: Yeah.
0: Here's the skinny. That's what it says on here. The black statue stands with her right hand extended as she is inviting you closer. Mm-hmm. She is tall, overlooking the Fairview Cemetery and Council Bluffs. On a clear night, the fall breeze shakes the leaves from the surrounding trees and squirrels dash across the graves. The statue is a memorial of Ruth Ann Dodge, who died in 1916. Just days before her unexpected passing, Miss Dodge told her daughters of an angel who kept appearing to her dreams. To honor the mother's memory, an angel statue was sculpted out of bronze in 1920. Since then, the figure has turned to dark, lustrous black. Legend has that the angel is cursed. If you look into her eyes at midnight, they say, prepare prepare that death is soon to follow.
1: Oh, mm. oh um... Well, I mean, the black angel of Fairview Cemetery isn't, like, an actual
0: thing, though, you know? It, it is. is? Well, that is, yeah. But, and then there's actually one in the Annie Whitmire Cemetery.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's also... It's really creepy in Annie Whitmire Cemetery. I forget what they call it. Um, some kind of children's graves or something yeah, like that. There was from, a fire. Um, and so they have a lot of graves that unmarked. literally say like arm of boy. Yeah, arm of young boy because they
1: couldn't find They the couldn't
0: find the whole body. Oh,
1: There's my a, God. There were, yeah, there was a huge fire, and, like, bunch they say that you can hear a bunch
0: of, like, the kids, like, screaming sometimes. Yeah, like, like, if you in, like on October 31st, actually, they say if you go there, you can actually hear, like, children screaming. Even and, during
1: the day. Because they, like, burnt to death? Yeah.
0: So, Stony Hollow Road in Burlington.
4: Oh. Ooh, awesome.
0: When in Burlington, Iowa, if you venture about eight miles north near the Mississippi River, you may find yourself on Stony Hollow Road. Stony Hollow Road is not a happy place if you follow the legend of Lucinda. According to the story, Lucinda had gone to meet the man she was secretly engaged to. to unfortunately, he never showed.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And unfortunately, he never showed. So distraught over him not showing, some say because she ran off with another woman. Because he, yeah. So distraught over him not showing, some say because he ran off with another woman. While others say the horsebug got stuck in the mud. Lucinda killed herself. Instead of moving forward, the jumped off. Instead of moving for the. Instead of moving forward, that jumped off at the edge of a cliff, only to meet her end on. That is really weird. Instead of moving forward, she jumped off the edge of a cliff to meet her end on Stony Hollow Road.
1: Okay. That was actually. You should just write up. that for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> People driving on the road claim to see Lucinda's ghost walking around. Um. There's also Oakland Cemetery in Iowa City. Yeah, that's the one.
1: 1843. That I was
0: the bronze statue of an angel. The angel is often called the Black Angel because it turned black over the years. Many legends associate them. We have a lot of black angels in Iowa. Yeah,
1: that's a little...
0: Some believe the statue, which commemorates Eddie and Nicholas Feldervet, as well colors by the artists who created it, Teresa the enjoyed the dark arts. Other legends state that the anyone who kisses or touches the angel will die immediately. Others claim any contact with the statue, even when walking beneath it, will result in a horrible fate or loss.
1: Well, when she, like, had it, um, the same guy who did the Lincoln Memorial was the one who made the, uh, or who created and, you know, built and whatever sculpted the, um, the angel, um, for, because they were, like, a richer family, and they say that one of the reasons, like, it turned black was a curse, um, that she did, because before she died, her husband had said he will never lay with another woman, Mm. and he fell in love, Mm -hmm. and, you know, slept in her bed, and it started to turn black. But, yeah, like, if you, if you kiss in front of it, you'll die. If you kiss the angel or touch it, you'll die. Like, i rather not go around that.
0: <laughs> so, finally, changing. the last thing we're going to talk about today is probably the most famous thing to come out of Iowa. Oh, yeah. Besides sliced bread, which actually came, <laughs> came from, from Iowa. Really? And, yes, yeah. and your personal computer was invented in Iowa. I oh, yeah. And the first the fema- and the first female I- female lawyer oh, came out of too. Iowa. Um, <laughs> and then something happened recently, and we decided to go back to the dark ages. <laughs> we were a very progressive state, and then for some reason, the last election yeah. we just went crazy oh, yeah. backwards.
1: All the races came out. That's the scariest part.
0: The Villisca axe murders occurred between the evening of June 9, 1912 and the early morning of June 10, 1912 in the town of Villisca in southwestern Iowa. The six members of the Moore family and two house guests were found bludgeoned in the Moore residence. Oops. All eight victims, including six children, had severe head wounds from an axe. A lengthy investigation yielded several suspects, one of whom was tried twice. The first trial ended in a hung jury, and the second ended in acquittal. The crime remains unsolved. So, on the night of June, either June 9th, or the early morning of June 10th,
4: mm-hmm.
0: somewhere between then, someone got into their house, either the doors were unlocked, there were no signs of forced entry,
4: mm-hmm.
0: came in, and just bludgeoned and hatcheted the entire family totally. to death.
1: Even kids.
0: Even the kids. And, the uh... So, they thought it was a transient named Edward Henry Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, every transient, otherwise unaccounted for stranger, was a suspect for the murders. One such suspect was a man named Andy Sawyer. No real evidence links Sawyer to his crime, but his name came up, up often in grand jury testimonies.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: According to Thomas Dyer of Burlington, Iowa, a bridge foreman and pile driver in, for the Burlington Railroad, Andy Sawyer, approached the crew at in Crescent at 6 a.m. on the morning of the murders that were discovered. So he was clean-shaven and wearing a brown suit when he arrived. His shoes were covered in mud, and his pants were near wet, nearly to the knees. He asked for employment, and Dyer needed an extra man. He was given the job on the spot. Dyer testified that later in the evening, when the crew reached Fonten, Fonten, Fontenelle, Iowa, Dyer testified that later in the evening, when the crew, crew reached Fontenelle, Iowa, Sawyer so purchased a newspaper and off went off by himself to read it. The newspaper carried the front page account of the gas murders, murders and cornered to Dye, Sawyer was much inter- very much interested in it. Um, Dyer's compl- crew complained that Sawyer slept with his clothes on. It was- Why would you complain that I do to sleep with his clothes on? We're all naked. Why ain't he naked? <laughs> One of us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And was anxious to be by himself.
3: <laughs> he wants to
0: be by himself. And he wants to wear clothes! <laughs> we want to be naked in a pile! It's how we do it on the railroad! <laughs> um, he asked for employment and Dyer needed an extra man. Wait, whoa! What? I oh, went over that again. Dyer's crew complained, okay. They were also uneasy that Sawyer slept with his axe next to him. What? He often talked about Veliska murders and whether or not the killer had been apprehended. So he was a subject... Suspect. Um, He was dismissed as a suspect in the case when officials learned that he could... He proved that he had been in Osceola, Iowa on the night of the murders. He had been arrested for vagrancy there, and the Osceola sheriff recalled putting him on the train to send him away at approximately 11 p.m. that evening, so he could not have done it. There was actually a reverend, George Kelly. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Um, He was a traveling minister... In the town on the night of the murders, Kelly was described as peculiar, reportedly having suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent. As an adult, he was accused of peeping and, several times asking women to girls to pose nude for him. On June 8, 1912, he came to Villisca to teach at the Children's Day Services, which Moore family attended on June 9, 2012. He left the town between 5 a.m. and 5.30 on the 10th, hours before the bodies were discovered. Reverend Kelly had confessed to the murders in court, but the jury did not believe his confession. In the weeks that followed, he displayed a fascination with the case and wrote many letters to the police, investigators, and family of the deceased. The ar- this aroused. But so, like, he is flat out being like, I did I it. Writing to the family saying he did it. And apparently, he wrote back to Reverend Kelly asking him for details that the minister might know about the murders. Kelly replied in great detail, claiming to have had heard sounds and probably witnessed the murders. He's, his known mental illness made the authorities question whether he knew the details because of having committed the murders or imagining the account. In 1914, two years after the murder, Kelly was arrested for sending obscene material through the mail. He was sexually harassed a woman who applied for the job as a secretary. He was sent to St. Elizabeth's Hospital, a national mental hospital in Washington, D.C. Investigators figured again that Kelly could be the murderer of the Moore family. In 1917, Kelly was arrested for of murders. Police obtained confession from him. However, it followed many hours of interrogation and later recanted. After two several trials, he was acquitted. I think this dude did it.
1: I think so too. You know, and it makes sense because um, there was a thing I can't remember what like ghost thing. Maybe it was the ghost hunters. I'm not sure, but they went to the um, to the expert house and like a lot of the accounts that they were talking about was how like the, the girls mm-hmm. were all like the way that their clothes were disheveled makes them believe that they were like you know touched afterwards or before whatever. Um, which, with his, like, past and stuff, that makes even more sense, but they think that he was, like, sitting, or, like, standing in their closet, just, like, waiting for them to go to sleep, and then once he, like, heard them, so he, like, they were at that party, the church party that night, so that just leads me to believe that, like, he, like, had a fascination with this family of some sort, mm-hmm. or saw all, like, the girls there, and then, like, knew where they lived, yeah. hid in their house, and just waited for them all to sleep.
0: So, there's, there's other, like, suspects. We're not going to go through every one of them, but Henry Lee Moore
4: mm-hmm.
0: was a suspected serial killer who was not related to the Slain Moore mm-hmm. family, and he was convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother several months after the victim, the murders in Veliska. his weapon of choice being an axe. Before and after the murder of Veliska, the very similar axe murders of his mother and grandmother were committed, and all the cases showed striking similarities leading to the strong suspicion that some or all the crimes were committed by an ex murdering serial killer. And just like Blackie Mansfield, who was another um, suspect, the ex murderer, Henry Moore, can also be considered a suspect in some of these slayings. They don't know. They're just saying he was kind of, could have been in the area at the time. So all this leads to a severely haunted house. Oh,
1: God, yeah. Like, you can pay to spend the night.
0: Yeah, you. it's like, it's like 500 bucks.
1: Yeah, if you have your, all your friends. You can have all your like
0: friends. You can, like... Split it between like 90 or whatever. I think it's is nine people yeah. or something like that. And you can spend the night in this house. You can't. You're not supposed to touch anything. It's all like, period. Everything's, yeah. you know, from you the from the area. A, uh,
4: a but bag and
0: apparently, you just... um, there's some craziness mm-hmm. for sure.
1: The family that used to live there had so many haunted things uh, like happen um, that they don't even like being in the house.
0: So, according to Prairie Ghosts, Nearly lost among the rolling hills and the fields of southwestern Iowa is the tiny town of Velisca. So, going through that, um, talk about the murder. I want to know more about the hauntings, so. though. Here we go. During the hours before dawn on June 10th, 2012, a small frame house in Velisca, Iowa became the site of one of the grisliest murder massacres in Midwestern history. Okay, the family do more. The house has had many order owners and tenants over the years, but in 1994, a real estate agent approached Darwin and Martha Lynn, local farmers, about the possibility of them purchasing the house. At the time, the Lynns already owned and operated the Olson Lynn Museum, located in Veluska's town square, and they felt that purchasing the house would give them the opportunity to preserve more of the area's history. Because of the deteriorating condition, the more house was in danger of being raised. If the Lynns had not purchased it, it's likely that it would have been destroyed. He soon set about obtaining the necessary funds to restore the home to the condition of the time of the murders in 1912. He used old, old photographs and everything to kind of put the house together. Here we go. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1998, and the remains today as a cornfield time capsule of 1912. Ever since the Morehouse was opened to overnight visitors several years ago, ghost enthusiasts, curiosity seekers, and dire paranormal investigators have come there in droves, all seeking the strange and the haunted. Some have stayed here alone, come in groups, and have gone away from the mysterious audio, video, and photographic evidence that suggests something supernatural lurks within these walls. Tours have been cut short by falling lamps, moving objects, banging sounds, and a child's laughter. Bye. While psych- psychics who have come here have claimed to communicate with spirits of the dead. If even a fraction of the stories about this place were true, I reason that the, I first heard about the so-called Vellisca Ass Murder House and this would have been one of the most haunted places in America. And it probably is. Yeah. So, if you go on slash slashvellisca and I will add this as a link on the on it. Um, they have all kinds of pictures here from the house. I'm not seeing anything kind of haunted. But you can definitely check all this out. And I mean, yeah, man, I always got some crazy, crazy stuff happening.
1: I mean, there's nothing else that happens really around here, so of course, you so know, kidnapping. Kidnapping.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think they came. That came out that the actual number of kidnappings is not any higher than normal. Here, they they just happen to get a lot of press over the last few months.
4: True. But
0: the actual like frequency of which kidnappings happen is not any more. It just happened to be. A rich girl from California that got kidnapped, and so it made national headlines. Yeah, That is true. And I'm not saying anything bad about her. Oh, what? I forgot one thing. Oh yeah. Obajoki. What's oh. that? Obajoki.
1: I like
0: the name. Obajoki. So, otherwise known as the Lake Okoboji Monster, Lake hmm. Okoboji, from East Okoboji Lake, Iowa. The monster is described as a large aquatic animal with a head the size of a bowling ball. Its color is dark greenish or brown, is a dark greenish brown and is known to knock people out of small boats. The lake ranges in depth from 22 feet to a depth of over 140 in some areas because the lake is curved out of many thousands of years ago by ancient glaciers. Perhaps sometime between then and now some kind of creature found its way into the lake and it remained till all this time. Some believe it is a sea species of fish, while others think it is somehow a seal or sea serpent. So, that is sightings. So, it's
1: like our personal message. There
0: have been sightings in 1903, 2001. There have been hundreds of sightings. In um, June 2001 comes from a woman who was staying at the resort with a dock or looking at the lake with her two children. She and two children reported seeing a large humped body about five feet long with a snake pattern scales and the head that looked like a cross between a lizard and a horse. And it was a dark bluish green. She also reported the creature time about a dozen meters away with the mouth wide open as if taking a long breath before heading down right to the dock where they stood. It dove right before hitting the pole that kept the dock stationary. The creature caused the dock to rapidly shake with a big thud under the wooden planks. This caused the woman and her Churchill to run, run to shore. So that is just one more cryptid. It is called Obajoki from Lake Okoboji. <laughs>
1: it's like a Dr. Seuss book.
0: It's actually in Okoboji Lake, Iowa. That's we got some fun names. We
3: do.
0: But um, all right, so we're gonna end this like we usually do, and we're gonna end it like we always do with a song. <laughs> this week's top ten list. From our home offices in Indianola, Iowa, Mm -hmm. this is this week's top 10 list. (laughs) Top 10 undiscovered Iowa cryptids. These are undiscovered Iowa cryptids that I made up. Oh, Uh,
4: okay.
0: (laughs) The top 10 list is always like.
4: Yeah, I
1: mean they have to You guys, seen guys never
0: real. listened to I podcasts I listen, I know exactly, oh, exactly.
4: where you are <laughs> I'm going to start listening
0: I have one on every single podcast Not the first one Top ten Undiscovered <laughs> Iowa cryptids
2: Okay
0: Number ten The Iowa not so nice guy Chuck Oh, oh Chuck that's, nice. that's that sure that's nice. Nice. Don't do that
1: to him
0: Number nine Mr. Corny
1: Chuck
0: oh, oh. These are always pretty corny By the way <laughs> Number eight, the ranch dressing wraith. <laughs> I
4: like that one. It's true.
0: Number seven, the cornhole holler. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you made
0: it up? I made it
2: up. What oh, dear lord.
0: Number six, the knee high nibbler. <laughs> Why? Should
4: be another nickname for you.
0: <laughs> Number five, the ragbry rider. Ragbry rider? Ragbry, the uh, the bike race that goes across the island. Oh!
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was a
0: good one, Dad. Number four, <laughs> the Bush Light Beast. <laughs> which is pretty much any drunk island yeah, on a Saturday like, night.
1: Yeah. Anyone in a small
3: town.
0: <laughs> Number three, the American Goth Chick. Okay. Right. Yeah,
3: it's pretty legit. see a couple of them every, every once in a
0: while. Number two, the Snake Alley Serpent. Snake
1: Alley Serpent. You
0: all know about Snake Alley up in Dubuque? Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's the windiest road in the world.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. 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 Cause
3: um horses have died
0: there. And
1: The, yeah, like that.
0: the number one undiscovered Iowa cryptid. The Ope monster. Oh
1: I'm
0: taking offense to that one. Oh, Oh sorry. Oh, oh. oh. my bad. Excuse
1: me. I feel or oop <laughs> And
0: you that can't
1: come into this house.
0: And that is You're the Bigfoot. Early. King of the Fourth podcast for this week. <laughs> We'd like to thank everybody for listening. This has been a fun one with you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me and doing this. Yeah. Uh, make sure you check us out on your favorite podcast client and that includes you guys. Just go on I any listen. podcast client. You can listen on iTunes, Podbean, CastBox. I do that for you. I haven't ran in a while, okay? <laughs> he talks to me all the time about how he's going to run. CastBox. Don't call me. CastBox? So CastBox is a podcast site. Uh huh. So I upload the podcast to Podbean, which is where we host.
1: Right, that's what I listen and to. And
0: it spreads out to every podcast client. In the whatever the interwebs, the interwebs, except for Castbox, I have to go in and manually upload it every single time.
1: <laughs> Look at him; you well, should be, be ashamed the- of we'll be yourself. will be on the game
0: together, and he'll be like, "I got to run tonight," and I'm like, "Really? Are you going to run?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'll so chan- Chance has joined the Marine Corps in January, and he's been running. what's it? am no. Not calling him? you out. We're proud of you.
1: I'm calling you out.
0: I'm proud of you. I'm calling you on your uh, own crap. I'm actually a Marine myself, so it's exciting. But he yeah. does he does he is supposed to run. He runs at least once a week when he goes to his uh the the recruiting GD. station. At least GD. once a week. It's
1: but it's more
0: than, it's more than most right, people yeah. it's more than most people do. So anyway, check us out on your favorite podcast. Please rate us. Leave us a review. You can do that on iTunes, on Podbean. We're also on Stitcher and Spotify, which is kind of cool. And if you have a cryptid story, sure. if you have a cryptid poem, limerick. A poem? I'm just saying, if you want to write a poem, I'm good with it. If you want to send us artwork, but as, I feel I've, like that could be as I've said before, <laughs> I don't care if it's naughty, <laughs> just don't make it illegal.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We would love,
0: we would love, we would love your your totally legal artwork of not gross things. Because I will call you out.
1: First and last
0: day. If if like you, if you send us a story, I will not say your name. It can be completely anonymous. If you send me something gross. Bigfoot fanfiction. Oh God. We will. Uh, just send us your stories big t- at stories at bigfootkingoftheforest.com and as always remember to have your Bigfoot spayed or
3: neutered oh oh, and boy. we'll talk
0: to everybody next week.
3: Why would you do that? <laughs> Did you decrease like the population of Bigfoot?
0: Listening to the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast. The underlying track today was Face of Peyote by Purple Six Records on Looperman.com.